right. Thank you very much. Just uh, remain, remain on your feet for, for just a moment. And I do appreciate all these gestures of love. And I don't mean to be sober or throw cold water on things, but I, I often think about the people. I think I've had enough standing ovations for five lifetimes. Uh, and I, th I think about people who spend their whole life who never one time have a room full of people stand up for them. And uh, so what we get to do the rest of our life is we get to initiate honor and standing ovations for people. And there's one of the greatest joys in the world is um, to help lead a standing ovation for somebody that's never had one in their life. And uh, so I just pray for you. I, I do receive the great love and uh, the grace that everybody has just been bestowing upon my wife and I. She's safe in Brazil. There, there is contractions going on today, so we're happy. My daughter's about to have a baby um, in Brazil, so hopefully that'll happen here very shortly. And then, then uh, uh, Karen will be back for the inauguration. I just want us to pray for a few moments, uh, or for briefly, uh, before we're seated. You know, first of all, uh, walking in with the tassel. I have been awarded three tassels in my life. I had my high school tassel from Enterprise High School in Redding, California. Uh, the, the Fighting Hornets, that was our, that was our team. And I, I was honored to be the uh, speaker for my high school graduation. There was about six, 7,000 people at public high school. We had to try out and they picked four of us to be the speakers. That was cool. And then I received a tassel from Bethany Bible College in 1984 where I got my bachelor's degree, my undergrad. And was tremendously honored to wear that tassel. And I received a tassel in my 40s from Azusa Pacific University for a master's degree in leadership. And um, that was a big graduation ceremony. And uh, my wife was down there. She was the only family there for me at graduation. And when they announced my name, one person clapped out of 7,000. So it was, it, was a, it was a great moment. And... Now I'm working on my fourth tassel um, for a PhD from Gonzaga University. So, but let me just say this about the tassel. In every case, that, and you probably have heard this before, but that tassel, that tassel was worth the hassle. Now listen to me. You are going to graduate and put on that amazing uh, outfit and tassel. It's an honor. Uh, so I think something happens to us every time we put this robe back on. It's very humbling. Um, and I'm going to wear a new robe in my life in a couple weeks when I'm inaugurated as a president. And I think the weight of all that just continues to hit you like a, a wave. And, but this aspect of the university, university is great because it's filled with honor and energy. You guys have brought the energy. Uh, the first week here has been phenomenal. But the purpose of a university is to teach, is to prepare, and to thrust you forward with momentum in your life, intellectually, spiritually, relationally, with your networks, all that happens on a great campus. And so that, ha that tassel is worth the hassle, it's worth the money, it's worth the pain, the space and time you are dedicating your life to this. But here's what I want us to pray. We're going to make a, a, a left turn here for about a minute or two. Yesterday, I thought of my home church back in Sacramento. We have a very diverse church, and we have 
a congregation filled with Hispanic families, and I have dreamers that are in my church. And um, I want to pray today. And you're going to meet a man later this year. Hopefully his name is uh, Dr. Sam Rodriguez. He's one of the greatest leaders in the world. Um, he's a very close personal friend. Uh, he oversees about 20 million Hispanics in the United States. He's an Assemblies of God minister. He prayed at the presidential inauguration this year. He is a tremendous man that doesn't represent Democrat or Republican. He represents the kingdom, and God has used him greatly. And I was talking with Sam yesterday, and I usually don't read what people say. This is very short, but I want to pray because we know that yesterday the announcement with the DACA and the Dreamers and all that's in our atmosphere, it matters because a university must lead in areas of contemporary relevance. It's how we teach. Um, and we have to move toward that, that complex thing. And so I just want to read uh, what Sam wrote. I posted this on Facebook. Not that that's the all-end way to be a leader in the world. But I did repost this uh, on Facebook and just said I wholeheartedly agree with Sam's statements. And uh, so Dr. Rodriguez will be preaching here. He preached at General Council a couple weeks ago. And was in a meeting with Dr. George Wood, our general superintendent, and we had three Hispanic pastors who were facing uh, very similar issues. And just we gathered and prayed. And I can just tell you from the head of our particular denomination, Dr. Wood, he would also echo the words of Sam Rodriguez that I'm about to read to you. Uh, this is a press release from uh, late last night. Today, in light of the White House's decision on DACA, the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference and its affiliate churches and organizations announce a national campaign intent on putting unrelenting pressure on every member of Congress until a permanent legislative solution is provided for the dreamers. Hundreds of thousands of Hispanic young people will be overcome with fear and grief today. Simultaneously, a multi-ethnic coalition of tens of millions of law-abiding U.S. citizens will begin to put unrelenting pressure on members of Congress to provide a permanent solution for the dreamers whose fate is in question by no fault of their own. Dr. Rodriguez continues to say that, who is the president of the National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference, for far too long in this country, Hispanic young people have been the political bargaining chip of our powerful politicians. This is an affront to the sanctity of life, it is inhumane and the Hispanic community will stand for it no longer. Our elected members of Congress have time and again professed concern for the Hispanic community and yet have chosen to do nothing. We will not distinguish between Republicans and Democrats, but between those who stand for righteousness and justice and those who do not. So I know we have students here with family. We have several Hispanic students. And this university is going to become a university that looks like heaven, by the way. And it's going to grow and become a powerful voice, not because we're loud, but because we have an ear before we have a voice. And we are hearing and listening to God's word and God's spirit and to godly counsel. And so my heart as I pray as president today is really the heart of my life as a pastor for my kids that are back in our church in Sacramento, dreamers. Uh, that have been a vital part of our church family. And I just want to pray today for anybody affected by this, and especially for those connected with uh, Hispanic relationships and family members that are living with this kind of cloud of trauma and what's the next six months of my life going to look like. 
it's unnecessary. It didn't need to happen this way. And so we just want to pray for God to bring comfort and grace. And we want everybody in this house, I know this faculty, our leadership uh, here at this university feels this uh, along with our students. And we are praying for God's grace and leadership. Can we take the hand of somebody near us? And we're just going to take a moment before we talk about our great and beautiful university. But we're going to be a beautiful university before we talk about being a university. Go across the aisles and uh, let's just take somebody's hand. So, Father, we just ask today... Lord, that you would bring guidance, Lord, with so much going on with Hurricane Harvey and Hurricane Irma, Lord, off the coast of Florida, Lord. Father, we pray that this new news, Lord, socially and politically in our country, God, it's, it's all spiritual, God. And Lord, we just ask for great peace and guidance and grace, Lord. Father, we pray for wisdom, Lord, to flow, God, from the leaders of our land, God. We pray for our Congress. Give them guts, Lord, and courage, Lord to resolve this issue, Lord, once and for all, God, in a way that honors you and cares about kids, God. Lord, born in our country, Lord, I just pray, Jesus, that you would just bring great grace and healing, Lord, through universities and churches, God. Places like North Central, Lord, can be a powerful, safe haven, Lord, and also a place of kingdom bravery. And we ask, Jesus, for you to release love throughout this campus, understanding, prayer, and listening, Lord. And we give you praise and honor today in Jesus' mighty name. Let's give the Lord a hand clap right now because he has all things in control. You can be seated. Oh, we have lots to cover here. Here we go. We've only got about 15 minutes um, to cover this, but I think you're going to find some things in here that will be a great blessing and help to you. Matthew 28 says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing. And that idea of baptizing, these are not the actual Greek word here, but the idea of baptizing is I want you to participate in the initiating of the kingdom. I want you to be a force to be reckoned with, not reckless sword bearing, but I want you to initiate the kingdom wherever you go. And we initiate uh, by baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want you to teach these new disciples to obey all, my, all the commands I've given to you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the earth. This idea of teaching, the idea of, of transmission through word of mouth, through question and response, that's what a university setting is really all about. This isn't simply Sunday school. It's the way that we grow. It's the way that we learn. In other words, the reason I love North Central is because you'll know, see this slide in a moment. It's where the proven life connects with the promising life. And that transmission of word of mouth teaching where a human being who embodies the lived experience that you're after in a trusted, exemplar way begins to tell the stories and tell of their learning in a relational way, the classroom, the sacred setting of the classroom. So that this transmission and transformation, not of information or data, but of life can happen from the proven to the promising. And I tell people it has to happen. Leadership and education is a human to human transaction. I don't believe you can sit at home when you're 18. I've told you this before. Sit at home in your pajamas with an iPad and become a world-class leader. It's not going to happen. There's a role, there's a great 
uh, potential in distance and online learning, we're about to go into some exciting places as a university. But when you're 18 to 22, 23, had I just sat at home, watched TV with an iPad and multitask and tried to pick up some YouTube videos and some teaching and some information from people, there is no way that I'm standing on this platform today. You have made the right choice to get into a setting where the proven life can connect with the promising life. I wrote this when I was in preparation for my interview to become the president of the university. I wrote to the search committee, an educational community is also a strategic community. It discerns topics of contemporary relevance. Yet for a place like NCU, the change process begins with our commitment to remain rigorously aligned to the word of God and to the will of God. It's also imperative that the day-to-day stewards of campus culture demonstrate cohesion and harmony. A university, like all large, all large organizations, is a social process filled with the interplay of many good intentions. It's where the proven life meets the promising life. I love what this guy says about universities. Robert Greenleaf, very famous writer, never wrote a book until he was 66 years of age and then sold about 20 million copies having never written a book. He wrote some essays compiled into a book. He said, leaders work in wondrous ways, talking about universities. Some assume great institutional burdens, others quietly deal with one person at a time. And that's the best way to describe the North Central experience from this posture of leadership, servant leadership, is that we carry the institutional burden all the time. How do we make this degree that you're about to earn more valuable five years from now. Do you know that we are all in this together, that everyone in this room, every professional, every student, every colleague, every freshman, everybody in this room, we are all about making the value of this degree worth more, not less, more, five years from now. So that when people see that hanging on your wall and they hear it as part of your testimony because people talk about their hometown, their home church, and their alma mater for the rest of their life. So if you have a bad experience and we lose you as a champion for this university, whether it's faculty or student, we are shooting ourselves in the foot. We have got to make certain people have a powerful, for the most part, a transformative experience when they come to the university. That's what I'm all about. That's what I pray for. And so we want to see this place become a powerful place where a great institutional burden is being carried but where everyone is faithfully and quietly dealing with one person at a time, one conversation at a time. That whole idea of convergence takes place from the classroom to the conversations we have one-on-one, whether it's the big group setting or the one-on-one. Here's how I pray for the university. When I was um, being interviewed, I said, I have five aspirations for the school. I wanna maintain and improve our position in the field of education as a university here in the United States. I want to develop new models, new fields, new techniques, and brand new demands. I want to earn the respect of the communities in which we operate. I want to advance institutional morale, outlook, and enterprise, whether it's student life or faculty and staff life, raising the morale of this university. And I want to contribute. By the time I'm done, I'm turning 55 in two weeks. So this is, this is it. I counted up the other day, I've had 30 job offers in my life I didn't take. 
I got to tell you, when this door slowly started to open, it took well over almost nearly a year to unfold. I thought about this school every single day during that period of time. Got tough uh, leading, and because if it didn't happen, I was going to have to go for a short walk and talk to the Lord. I said, okay, Lord, now what? But I will tell you, I thought about it every single day. And I thought, Lord, when we're all said and done here, if this is a baton that I just simply steward, like the previous six presidents that I will hand to the eighth one day, my prayer is that we will have contributed something to the art of education and leadership during this season at North Central University. And I welcome you into that process, whether you're a new freshman or a tenured professor. Let's contribute something to the art and to the process of art of education and leadership by the time that we are done. So here's my significant questions that I pray about all the time. Are the students being served at North Central becoming stronger, wiser, and freer as they progress through their degree path? And can this be measured? I pray that for you. Stronger, wiser, freer. Whether you're going to go be the CEO of General Mills or go lead the next great live dead movement in this world in missions. Are you becoming freer, wiser, and stronger as you progress through this process of North Central University and beyond? Do the NCU stakeholders, the admin, staff, faculty, students, alumni, board of regents have confidence in our operational competencies? I pray about that. I think about that all the time. How do we get better? Is the greater NCU vision clear and unfolding in a positive way? Is the language of the NCU vision fitted for modern times? Is anything hindering conversation and reflection between faculty, regents, students, alumni, and administration? If so, can this be healed? How does a Christian university with an articulated and lived emphasis on the Holy Spirit thrive and flourish in a secularized America? I pray about that and think about that all the time. Lord, show us. Show us how to do this. What kinds of future resources are required for scholarships, endowments, deferred maintenance, and capital improvements? Those are the questions that kind of ring and sing inside me. But here's the most important part. It's my last slide. It's up there. I want to share with you about the five actions that constitute my inner compass of leadership. How I live out my lived experience as a president. And this is a social role that I hold. I'm still Scott Hagen. My dad's name was Bob. My mom's name was Beverly. I was born in Cedra Woolley, Washington. I was the, the third of five kids. Moved 27 times as a kid. I told you that. Graduated in 1980, got married in 1982, have four kids and six grandkids. Well, five, well, six will be here hopefully by the time chapel's done. I worked at Kmart when I was in high school, made three bucks an hour. Worked 20 hours a week. I was a phenomenal employee. They brought me in for the review and they said, Scott Hagen, the Kresge Corporation, the Kresge Corporation, that's Kmart. Any other former Kmart people here? You worked at Kmart. Is there two? Really? We have faculty. Let's, let's form a group. Let's do something. <laughs> I was clock 55. That was my number. But they brought me in after a year 
And they said, the Kresge Corporation is very proud of you. We're going to give you a raise to a 305. <laughs> and I left like hiring a kite. I go, then I did the math. I go, that's a nickel, 20, that's an extra buck a week. I'm flying high now. Worked as a busboy at a, at, at a restaurant. Got in trouble for stealing meat one time off a plate. I was hungry. The lady didn't eat any of it. I put it in my pocket. And about two hours later, the grease came through. And the entire state of Texas was through my gold jacket. And then the owner took the meat from me. And then charged me to clean the, the coat. So I've had crazy, simple, just like you. I'm in this social role. But I also don't want to be lost in a place of anonymity, like a judge, a president, or this or that behind the social role. This is a very important servant leadership role, but I'm just simply a colleague and a contributor of these amazing people who've spent their life preparing their lives to serve, to impart, because there's something sacred and there's something spectacular about connecting with a generation of students. My inner compass is more important than my inner circle. We tell people, hey, get an inner circle. It's more important to have an inner compass than that inner circle. Because you can't spin 24-7 with the inner circle, but you live 24-7 with the inner compass, friends. So here's my five actions. Awareness. Living mindful, observant, and reflective. My second action is one of listening. I want to be accessible, receptive, and interested in other people. My third action is conceptualization. Seeing the big picture in the larger mission. Even though you're down in the details and you've got to be surgical and things move slow and microscopic at times. That's a place I simply want to visit, not a place I want to dwell. I always want to live with the larger picture of what God wants to do, has done, and can do. That larger mission. My fourth action is foresight. Using past lessons to frame future mission. And my last action is stewardship. I see that my professional and personal life is simply a trust from God. I want to invite you to contemplate these actions. They're not from a book. I didn't get the list from somewhere else, but I'll be more than happy. You can take the list and use the list or take part of the list. But this is how I think about our school, how I pray for our school. And I just want today to be a day that you have a deep appreciation for really what a university is all about. This is a profound setting that's transformative if you will allow it to be. Networks that will carry you the rest of your life are sitting in this room. Friendships, maybe even your spouse, is sitting right here. There's no place like it. So I just want to invite both the proven life and the promising life. Let's all stand together as we bring our wonderful, wonderful day to a close. And I'd like to invite Nan if she would come. And she's going to lead us in a closing prayer. God bless you guys. I'll see you Friday, Friday for chapel. I'm going to share a message on how to turn your childhood into adulthood, not how to go from childhood to, how do you turn 
your childhood into adulthood. You want to be here Friday. Thank you, President Hagan. So I have one minute for prayer. I want you to put your hand on someone's shoulder or hold hands because we need to pray together. We can't start this year alone. Okay, we have to start it together. And let's pray a blessing on the person next to you. Not that they'll find their spouse necessarily, Dr. Hagen. Okay, I saw those, I saw you guys looking around. But let's pray that they find their Jesus, okay? Because that's who we need. Father, we just come to you. Humble because we need you. And because we love you so much. Dear Jesus, send your Holy Spirit into our hearts. Knit us together, Lord. Let us love one another. And let us seek you with all of our mind, heart, soul, and strength. Amen.